93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Jim Merritt in for Casey. I think it's time for us to just accept the inevitable, Jim. What's that? And that is that Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee for president. I think that's true. And look, I think last night, if you look across the country, the Republicans have two major problems. And I think it is a lack of a message, and then it is a lack of a strategy on the message. Yeah. We're not, we're not, I'm not, Joe Biden is not a message. Right. And it didn't work for him in 2022, Mm -mm. and it's not going to work for him in 2024. And you've got to. Abortion will end up in the. Well, look, 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 look at Ohio. Yes. And that was gross about what happened in Ohio yesterday. That the people of Ohio, I mean, this is sickening, essentially put in the constitution of their state that you can have an abortion from conception to live birth. That's gross. That is beyond imagination. And uh, and those people there should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, we're not talking like, not that it makes it any better, but it's not like, well, up to 15 weeks. We're talking about essentially from conception to live birth. You are guaranteed to write in Ohio by the constitution to have an abortion yeah and and uh, that that is that's what legislation's about because that's a live issue today um and, and will continue to be because of the supreme court in the in the in the states but that's a legislative issue to to put it into um ink if you will in the constitution is it just it's amazing that it passed there have been two times in the past 30 years republicans have had resounding success at the ballot box in in 1994 and in 2010 Mm -hmm. and they were centered around very clear a very clear set of things that will happen in the case of 1994, it was contract with America. Sure. The Republicans followed through on that. They got the last time there was a balanced budget. Mm-hmm. In 2010, it was repeal and replace Obamacare. They didn't do that, and then they paid for it. Yes. But there there was coherent instruction and vision. And I guess you could say in 2016, Donald Trump had, now as weird as it sounds, a coherent message on core issues. Now, he was wacky and he was wild, but if you voted for Trump, you knew build the wall, bring the American jobs back, get tough on China. Like there was kind of a core set of, of things. Now, a lot of them, again, didn't come to fruition. Yeah. But I'm saying from a camp, a national campaign messaging standpoint, Republicans have nothing right now. Well, but also let's think about 2020 uh, with Biden. He told everybody what he was going sure. to do. Yeah. And he did it. Yeah. On the first day in office. And so. You know, this is a lesson that you have to spell out. I mean, we talked about this ad nauseum in the last couple of days is if you spell out what you're going to do and what the plan is uh, and then you follow through, he, you spoke truth to power. But, and, but, but, and that but, not whole and the Republican Party is not doing that today. And Trump and I challenge someone to tell me who is a Trump an only Trumper person has no coherent message right now. Mm-hmm. There, you have no idea. Like in 2016, you knew the, the trade stuff, build a border wall, tough on immigration, tough on China. You, you, you knew like this is the Trump, the Trump platform, which is why he won Michigan. It's why he won Wisconsin. It's, it's why he won Ohio. It's why he won Pennsylvania, because they had a coherent message that spoke to the people he needed to get. There is none of that from Trump. But I, but, but I will 
push back on that because the Trump machine uh, is starting to announce positions on what they would do with the federal government, for instance. They what are, where? Well, I, I've seen it in Wall Street Journal. In well, fact. But that's the problem, Jim. The average person, you are a learned man. You are a scholar. You are interested in this. I, I am interested in this, and I have I have not seen a single solid. I see Trump well, make brash statements like, "Yeah, I he's riding so, high right now." I was not so, debating. Yes, yeah, and, and there is no message right and now. And until the I'll Republicans, you and you know this because you won many, many elections, mm-hmm. that the key to winning elections is taking three or four things and you put them on your door hanger or or your your mailer or whatever and you say we're riding and dying with these four issues if they resonate with people great if they don't i guess we're going to lose but you put the effort into identifying the three or four things that people can put in their head Digest, and envision yes. yes and then when they think of you mm-hmm. like trump it was build the wall mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. it worked mm-hmm. There is none of this right now. And so then what happens when you have no coherent message and you're over the map is you have this sick, disgusting stuff like happened in Ohio and you get caught flat footed. And now Ohio's an abortion factory. Right. Right. And, you know, you look at locally, Sue Finkham had a plan. It was quite clear what she's going to do in the next four years. I didn't see that from Miles Nelson. And, 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 and as well as the fact that, um, Let's go back in time to to Bart Peterson running for mayor. Yeah, back in what two thousand three, maybe. Uh, yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, he had the Peterson plan, mm-hmm. and everybody knew what he was going to do in the city of Annapolis. And there are a lot of factors in there, but he, it, but that wasn't carried the twi- day for him. Wasn't he mayor twice? Wasn't he like ninety nine and then two thousand? Yes, yes, it was, was nineteen ninety nine when yeah, nobody yeah. knew him. Introduced the plan and Gingrich. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it 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 people follow certainty and exactly what you're going to do, and and you've got to be repetitious about it and. Uh, True, true story, Jim. When I was 15 years old, I worked at the old Brownsburg golf course and used to play out there all the time as part of the privilege of being a high school kid working at a golf course. Mm-hmm. And there was this dude I played around to golf with. And to this day, I'm certain it was Bart Peterson. <laughs> and I used to, I told my dad was with me and I told him the entire time, I said, that is Bart Peterson. He's like, you're crazy. That is not. And I, the whole time I wanted to ask him. Mm-hmm. And to this day, Jim. I wish I'd asked him because I'm certain, and now it's been 25 years, and I'll never get to ask him because he's not going to remember if he played golf there that I played golf with Bart Peterson. Yeah, well, he's a nice fellow. Should have been a Republican, and uh, and and, and uh, led Indianapolis like a Republican. But uh, so my, my point on all this though is, if we're going to say that Trump is the inevitable nominee, now I'm not the person like some of these only Trump people. They should just everybody should drop out and endorse Trump. No, you Good go through line. the process. You go you go through the process, and Ron DeSantis and Nikki. Uh, Haley and the rest of these people have every right to fight for as long as they want to fight. Mm-hmm. But the onus is on Trump to get a coherent vision of three or four primary things that when people think about you, they're going to think about you being the president and doing. And then the Republican Party, I mean, first of all, the fact that they keep electing the same losers like Rona Rana McDaniel. Mm-hmm. There's no coherent message. The, the 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 Republican Party, whatever Trump's message is, if it becomes clear, if he blows, well, you know what his message is right now. It's him. I'm getting revenge. Right, but that's not it. That that's not, not a coherent. That is no. Who he said that is not effective. No, message. it is. You're it, not going to win Michigan with that. And so, whatever, if he blows DeSantis and Nikki Haley out in Iowa, and then everybody gets behind him, he has to 
come up with whatever it is, just like he did in 2016. Not, I'm not Biden. Exactly. Yeah. It's not going to work. All right. So Glenn Greenwald, Greenwald you know him? Yes. Our author, mm-hmm. journalist, mm-hmm. all sorts of been well spoken. Yeah. All sorts of places. Uh, been done all sorts of things. He was Tucker Carlson's guest on the most recent Tucker Carlson podcast. And he said it is Trump is the Republican nominee. And I think he makes an interesting case. I mean, it seems to me like Republican voters have very consistently made clear that Trump is their candidate. I just wanted to add one point about this next year, which I think is so important. I know it's taboo. We're not supposed to ever say anything good about Trump. But the reality is, Tucker, and I think people are going to realize this more and more, is that Trump was the first American president in decades, in decades, not to involve the United States in a new war. Whereas here you have Joe Biden. Seemingly, there's a new war popping up all the time. He wants to involve the United States in every one, send all their money overseas for them. And at the same time, they remember that the economy was vibrant and good before COVID hit. You can't lie to the American people about their own experience. Their lived experiences, the left likes to say. And I think as the next year approaches, people are going to start to think about and compare what their lives are like under Joe Biden, where there's wars everywhere and inflation and economic turmoil, what it was like during Donald Trump. And I think they're going to be increasingly immune to the propaganda. And to me, I don't see anything in the Republican Party. Obviously, that can change. That suggests that they will abandon Trump. I agree with him, which is why it's time for Trump, if he actually wants to win, if he actually cares about the country, to come up with a coherent vision. And look, the the legal stuff is going to play itself out, and you're already a sympathetic figure on that. You don't need to spend all your time talking about it. You need to spend your time talking about why it is so important for you to beat this legal stuff mm-hmm. so that you can fix the country. Mm-hmm. Well, also, it, it, I, I think you'll agree with this, is that the Democrats are going to throw abortion at him. And, uh, and, and that, that is today's, when I was growing up in the political system, Social Security and taking Social Security away from our elderly, our, our senior citizens, was an incredible weapon by the Democrat Party. And, and uh, because the Republican Party has always talked about little go- small government and, and uh, efficiency and all that, that it was an effective tool. And so abortion is that tool these days. And, and um, I'm not sure that, that uh, Trump, other than saying he was responsible for a conservative Supreme Court, uh, that delivered uh, the the issue to the Republican Party, uh, that will be thrown back in his face in the next couple of years. Uh, no real quick, I, I want to play this one other clip from, from Glenn Grenwald on um, Tucker. And he, I thought this was so well articulated. He's talking about America funding foreign wars and how those foreign conflicts, either with troops or with our money, has been used to erode civil liberties and free speech at home. I thought this was great. No, I think that's exactly right. If it, it, it would be bad enough if the United States were just going around spending all of Americans' money to fuel foreign wars. But what they're doing at the same time with these foreign wars are using them as a pretext to erode the core constitutional and civic rights of American citizens here at home. So when they wanted to launch the so-called war on terror, they ushered in the Patriot Act that gave vast powers to the FBI and the CIA of all kinds of detention and surveillance powers. They empowered the NSA to spy on Americans without the warrants required by the Constitution. Newt Gingrich wanted to rewrite the First Amendment in order to usher in censorship measures in the name of the war on terror. 
They did the same thing with the war in Ukraine. Some of the greatest censorship on big tech came from those people who were questioning NATO narratives, who were standing up and saying, I don't think these things are true. I don't think these things are wise. The EU made it illegal to even give RT a platform. So every single one of these wars results in fewer and fewer rights for Americans here at home. And now we're seeing the exact same thing, Tucker, with this insistence. And the Biden administration is fully on board in partnership with Republicans to provide billions and millions of dollars, not this time to Ukraine to fuel their war, but to Israel to fuel their war. And what we've been seeing from the people advocating that is this insistence that those who stand up and say, I'm not in support of what Israel is doing to the Palestinians. I don't think the United States should treat this war as our war. You don't have to agree with that or not, but there's so many efforts now to say people saying this should be censored. What they're saying is illegal. They're invoking all the theories that the liberal left have been invoking for years now to justify censorship of the views they dislike. Oh, this is inciting violence. This is going too far. This is hate speech. This is against a vulnerable minority group. And now we're seeing the same kind of erosion of free speech here in the United States on the part of Americans because now there's another foreign war that's always part of the equation, the domestic aspect to it, that vests more power in the government and takes away more and more rights from Americans. I thought that was spot on. Well, you know, that, there's a reason why a lot of people listen to this program is because a, a clip like that, I'd not heard that point of view. And and but, but welcome to my nightmare, Jim. Welcome yeah. to my world. Well, in World War One, we we had the uh, Sedition Act, yeah. where where uh, Wilson Woodrow Wilson did not want anybody to say anything negative about about the war or about the Spanish flu, and so and and those a- alien sedition acts have, have been through uh, the uh, thread through American history, and I'd really not heard about it. Now, I know the pandemic was terrible on civil liberties, and we can't go back there, but um, uh, Greenwald, he makes a good point there. I thought, there. It, was, I thought it, it was It was fascinating. It was, it, and like I said, you only hear it on WIBC, yeah. Robin. Yeah, um, we do the work so you don't have to. All right, mm-hmm. let's take a break. When we come back, the uh, well-assembled plane lady has an interesting claim. Uh, she She's speaking, I think this is Barstool, and Jim, a uh, well-fed woman, and that's how we're going to describe her, a well-fed woman has some unreasonable expectations. Some great audio when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey Show. <laughs> Dealer's Choice, Jim. You're the guest host today. Jim Merritt's for Casey. We're going to get to both of these audios. Would you rather do the well-assembled plane lady or the well-fed lady on the street with the dating advice? Which one would you rather do? I think I'd rather do the former. The what? The, the former rather than the latter. The first one? Mm-hmm. That's the first one? Yeah. Why did you just say I'd rather do the plane lady? <laughs> Want to hear from the plane lady first? The plane lady all first. Right. So the well-assembled plane lady, we all know who we're talking about here at this point, the lady who had the meltdown on the airplane. Mm-hmm. And I was, I've was i said this n- numerous times now, but we have new listeners all the time. I was very sympathetic to her in the beginning because she disappeared. She wasn't out trying to like get any fame out of it. I thought, man, this is a person who, you know, maybe she took a bad batch of something before she got on the flight. Maybe she has a fear of flying. She clearly then it came out she has this executive job i thought oh my gosh this poor person she's probably mortified and for a while that was the case and now she is just absolutely everywhere and i'm getting very very annoyed with this woman because she's getting fame over horrific behavior and we should not promote terrible behavior because flying is horrific enough and the fact that people got to get on that death tube and risk life and limb to go somewhere, and then you got this maniac screaming at people, 
We shouldn't reward that. No, and it, it flying's a serious business, and and <laughs> for her to for her to find clicks on this is embarrassing. Yes. All right. So she was on. I think this was Barstool, and she claims she hasn't made a penny off the meltdown yet. <laughs> you know what's so crazy? I have not made a penny. Not one penny. I would imagine people have asked you, like, can you, uh, like, do an ad for our product? Would you mind I linking mean, people to here? I have, like, Cameo, Playboy, OnlyFans. Like, yes. Like, I, trust me. There's times when you're, like, in your deep moments, you're like, damn, should I do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it just really doesn't fit, like, who I am as a person. Not knocking it whatsoever. It's just not really up my alley. Like, I actually do have a good career. Trust me, I can make hell of a lot more money on OnlyFans, though. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's... So, I, that's so do, we believe, do we believe she hasn't made any money yet do we believe that i don't believe that i don't believe that i mean at she all. did a, a, something with the plane where they were giving away plane tickets yeah, so well, is she given yeah, well, that away out of her off her own well, off her own well get off this podcast or whatever yeah. She, yeah if you have this great job and you're you know you're very happy with that why are you doing all the stuff that is about getting as much even if you're not making money you're clearly Getting fame, which you desire, because you're you're going on these podcasts. Isn't she a uh, like a marketing yes. executive? Yeah, she's she like knows what she's doing. Yeah, she knows how to capitalize on exactly. This stuff. Yeah, and yeah. and it's just like I'm better than this sort of thing. No, you're not. You're some person, and we still don't even know who the guy was that she was pointing at. Mm-hmm. Like, has she told that story yet? Who is the mf'er? That's what we need to know. Who is the mf'er? This annoys me, and I'm just I. I thought about not even covering this because then I feel like I'm giving her. Yeah, we're giving her oxygen. But I also want to. I want to use it to point out how egregious I believe the behavior is because we should not reward people who are famous for shame on her. Yeah, thank you, Jim. <laughs> All right, we got to get to the well-fed woman. Okay, so during the break, for you know, because you guys know, I'm I not going to unsee that. Well, I don't notice people's appearances, and you guys know this. Yes. So it was a, this was hard for me, but. There was a time when I did notice people's appearances. And so reverting back to a younger version of myself when I did notice people's appearances and only their appearances, um, I had to pull deep inside myself. It would be safe to say this woman is a well-fed woman, right? I would agree with that. Kev. Large. Yeah. (laughs) She is not going to be... Uh, well, who knows anymore because they have all these trans women and stuff as models. But it would not be, Kev, this would not be your ideal figure or appearance that you would be looking for in terms of if I were to ask you to describe the perfect woman. Right. She may yeah. have a nice personality. But I'm also, you know, a smaller guy. Yeah. So I think physically, <laughs> you, you know okay. what I'm but the saying. But the point is, and, and Mayor, wait till you hear this audio. I think you're, you, the personality thing might go out the window okay. here. Okay. Kev, is it safe to say, because you pulled this audio, this is not the sort of woman who should be... I, I have actually not heard this clip yet. So okay, Noah, but you've seen, you've, okay, Noah pulled it. All right, but you have seen the woman. This is not a person who exactly has her pick of the litter... Like, Brad Pitt is not going to be spending an evening whining and dining this sort of woman. Right. She should probably be very happy for whatever gentleman would find solace in her presence. Yeah, I think is that's, that fair? I think that's fair. Okay. This woman looks exactly as she sounds. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And then we're going to see if this woman has unreasonable expectations. How much should a guy earn for you to date him? Over. 500k close to a million if he doesn't i'm not gonna 
my. Say yes, do you hear me? How much should the guy pay for the engagement ring? Who needs to pay again? 500. He gets paid every year, 500. He saves that towards the ring. If he doesn't, he's going to get a no and it's going to be embarrassing. Okay, so, so this is like in Northern England somewhere. Yeah, or something. this was a man on the street interview. Now, you know who might be able to demand that you make a half million dollars a year? Jennifer Aniston. She probably uh, has the ability to demand. I'm going to need a guy who's going to need a certain income level. Uh, I don't know. What about the crazy plane lady? Well, the crazy plane lady could probably demand that somebody make a certain income level because we're talking about their own income level, their own appearance they have options Mm -hmm. this person is not the sort of person who could be demanding or should be mary you saw this person the question is is how this young lady can monetize this (laughs) (laughs) you kind of wonder if it went viral you know 500 it wasn't even like she's like the guy needs it wasn't like she's like she's got some unrealistic the guy needs needs a good job or the guy Mm -hmm. needs to go to work each day it's like she's giving an actual income level five hundred thousand dollars a year yeah, that demand is out of sight. Yeah, you gotta, I don't think that's going to be possible. Definitely got to have some The realm of possibility is not there. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, new reports says Joe Rogan might be leaving Spotify, plus polling, polling, and it's all bad for Biden. We'll talk about it. Coming up next, Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. That is some unbelievable information from Abdul. Yes, it is. That's amazing. It's telling. All right, so 93 WIBC, it's the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Jim Meritson for Casey today. So they have tallied the votes, the kind of the final votes in the mayor's race. Maybe there are some still trickling in, but they generally have the count. Jefferson Shreve lost by 35,000 in the straight ticket voting. So that is people who literally just went in and punched either all Democrat or all Republican. Mm-hmm. We've talked for many, many years how pathetically lazy that is. If you are that person, d- stop being that person because there's no way all Democrats or all Republicans earned your vote on your ballot. Stop being that person. And if you took out the straight ticket voting, Shreve wins by 1,300 votes. That tells the whole story. Yesterday, when I voted in Carmel, I didn't just push the Republican button. I went through and and voted for everybody. Yeah. yeah. I voted for all Republicans, but I voted for everybody because I think that's how I think that's how we should be doing it. And and you know, it's a double-edged sword for the Republican Party because in Marion County it helps Republicans, but anybody outside Marion County I mean, it hurts it hurts Republicans. Hurts them, yeah. And and no legislator would support it. Now, um, let's let's stop with that for a second. So what what you're saying is Inside of Marion County, it is a crusher for Republicans. As we just saw, that's the difference. However, so people would say, well, and we got into this on State House Happenings right. uh, today. Why wouldn't somebody do that? Because it helps Republicans everywhere else in the state. Mm-hmm. So nobody in the Indiana General Assembly is going to be the person who's going to raise their hand and take on this just absurd laziness that we allow to happen, which is not forcing people to actually work through their ballot. And our friend Abdul Hakim Shabazz said you might be able to uh, have legislation next year that puts it into the consolidated city part of the statute that's reserved just for Indianapolis and Marion County. And so, and my fellow uh, friends over down Market Street from us ought to consider that because we will be, we, the Republican Party, will be competitive in Marion County if, if you don't have the straight ticket. Uh, that and, is just 
gross that there are that many lazy people. There's no way the overwhelming majority of those people know everyone on their ballot. There's no way the overwhelming majority of people could say each person earned my vote. Mm-hmm. And no offense, Jim, but you and your colleagues at the at the state house have created an environment by which just we're rewarding laziness and people have no idea what's going on. The world is floating away from the political party. We know this. We see it election after election. And this ought to be an extension where you allow the citizens of Marion County to look at each candidate yeah. and vote for each candidate or yeah. vote for against a candidate. Uh, real quick. So there's a report out that says Joe Rogan may be leaving Spotify when his contract is up next year. And it is believed it is because he reportedly made two, two, 200, uh, that contract paid him $200 million in 2020. And Spotify, I think, has had some financial issues. They've been looking to cut some costs. And they're saying, look, we got this guy who, while he is a juggernaut in terms of uh, 11 million listeners an episode, there's a huge cost here. You told me you've never seen an episode of Rogan? I have not. I, I hear his quotes. I've seen clips, but I've never, I've never paid any attention to it. And, uh, but I do know of his coverage. I do know of his popularity. And when he says something that is controversial, that ends up on the, in the news somewhere, uh, somewhere. Now, Kev, you love Rogan. Uh, I mean, love is a pretty strong word. You li- oh, well, I, I, li- I listen to him every now and then. I'm not saying you agree with everything he says. But I'm no, saying I you- mean, I, and it's not even that. It's just entertainment-wise, I've found other podcasts oh. that I like more. So isn't that the challenge, right? Is in this podcast world where there's so many different options. Like there's nothing Rogan gives you. It's not like he was a US senator. I mean, there's not when we talked about in that Barrett News Media article mm-hmm. about me, one of the reasons the show is so popular, I was one of the few guys who was on the inside. I was a radio guy first, went to the inside, and then once I got out, I'm capable of doing an entertaining broadcast, but I know things that other people don't know. No saw things other people have seen. It's why we're so hated by the people down the street from us. Yeah, but you do your homework as well. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, this is not a simple task to have a radio Thank show. you, Jim. Daily. Thank you. And you Daily. Keep, you very keep hard. things uh, flowing, too. Yeah. Like with Rogan, sometimes they'll get off topic and they'll go on tangents, and it's really just guys is, hanging out in a room. This is So this is what I don't understand in the world where, I know we got to get to break in a second, but in the world where there's so many people who do podcasts, why does Rogan remain so popular? There's other people who do what he does and give you the same kind of stuff that he does. Why is he still so popular? I don't know. It's I, kind of the Howard Stern type of, he, he grabs attention, he's got fans, yeah, yeah. And, and he lives off them, and, and the advertisers love him. Yeah. yeah, he really blew up a few years ago, and I think he just kind of kept the momentum yeah, going. It's, a, it's almost like Band-Aid. There are other bandages, but you people just get used to buying Band-Aid. You just get used to listening to Rogan, and that's it. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up this award-winning program today. We'll have some final thoughts on Election Day. We'll have some final thoughts on, uh, well, what the hell's going on with, with our society in general. <laughs> Yikes! you imagine trying to make sense of yesterday? That's why we're here. That's what, That's what we've we been do. trying. We're trained professionals, people. <laughs> it's Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Took a home. Will the glow from the balls in a thousand stars light the cold Ohio night? And the turnpike slick. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's out again today. Jim Merritt. Boy, it's been... 
fun the last two days. I've really enjoyed this, and I told you in the beginning, I was so excited when WIBC asked me to yeah. co-host this with you, and hopefully I haven't made any mistakes that I can't come back. Uh, no, I think it's a very low bar. The fact they've been letting me come back for seven years now. Jim, well, maybe pretty, there's a chance. Pretty low bar to hop over in terms of what you would have to do to get banned from this uh, this building. Um, uh, by the way, I did. Uh, my dad said yesterday he was very disappointed that you weren't wearing a tie uh, on the uh, YouTube feed, because you know how we really dress up on the program. <laughs> well, duly noted, a tie will be in the offing next time I'm on. It's just very rare to see you without a tie. I like I like wearing ties. I like wearing suits. I like showing respect to people that I meet with. Well, isn't it interesting? Because I literally chose radio because I didn't want to have to dress up each day. I forgo, I for, I went, I gave up. How about that? There's a phrase. Before. You know, a long time ago, I wanted to be Mike Ahern. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like a, just a, just a, I mean, and Mike Ahern's an institution. This is in no way a, a judgment on Mike Ahern. But having to dress up each day, Jim, like I chose to be poor so I wouldn't have to wear <laughs> nice clothes each day. I, I, there were two, there was, you know, the proverbial fork in the road, right? Where it's like, if you go left, you'll make a lot of money in television, but you'll have to care about your appearance. When I said goodbye to my dad uh, when I was a boy, uh-huh. he was leaving for the office, had a tie, a suit, yeah. and uh, that hat, yeah. and everything, and I wanted to be just like him. Isn't it weird? Like, I, I think about this often. So, I think about when I was a kid, and I would watch, in this case, my dad go to work each day. He was a federal law enforcement officer, so um, you know, I would see him go, and I would see him put his vest on, and his bulletproof vest, I would see him put his guns on, and I would, if he had court that day, he would he would wear a suit. But it's like, I wondered, like, what was it like in the work world? Mm-hmm. And I wonder, as, as my kid sees me, and looking the way that I look, go to work each day, what will her impression of me be? What will the lasting impression of her dad be? I don't know. I can think from my own experience. You look at the show Suits. Yeah. And everybody, uh, and when I was growing up, all the important people wore suits, and I wanted to be important. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a way of life for me, and, and, I, and I don't have a problem having a tie around my neck. And, and so... Um, and due respect to you and our listeners and our viewers, I'll wear a tie next time. Um, do you lament the current state of politics? Like you, I do. Yeah, I, I do. I was gonna, let's let's get into that. Yeah. We're going to do some election recap here, and we may still get into that. But I, we're just it's just too it's just we're all told time, Jim. Nobody's listening, so it's just us talking here. <laughs> um, what uh, like and I I've thought that about you, and we've I don't think you and I have really ever had this conversation. But I imagine you look at the political world now, and it just breaks your heart. It does break my heart because I approached it as a as an honor and a a a a, 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 a calling. And, and public service and so much that I see out in the, in the public sphere is so dirty and it's down in the mud and people are fighting each other and, and there's really there's really no common ground that's found these days yeah. and it just uh, I, I and, and you know the respect is at all time low and people don't trust government coming out of the pandemic and probably not before that. So yeah, Rob, to answer your question, it's disappointing. And, uh, and, and you know, the thing is, it doesn't have to be this way. There, there can be a courtesy. There can be a generosity. There can be um, a, a protocols that people treat one another in a, in a, in a form that people um, can, can really 
follow. Yeah. And, and I, I just don't, I think people are in their phones. I think people uh, look at issues, uh, having the abortion, and, and we talked about this, having the abortion issue in the mayor's race. It just was beyond the pale. And and so I see that as being an issue that will be sticking around for some time. You know, it's interesting because we had Ryan Hedrick on from the WIBC newsroom last hour. And we're talking about that fabulous piece he did in Barrett News Media about me and my love of WIBC and how I kind of did the reverse of what normal people do. Like, this is my world and I was in this world and I left this world to go into politics and then I was completely miserable being in there, so I couldn't wait to get back into this world. And a lot of it is like, like I'm a brawler, Jim. You know this. Like mm-hmm. I, you, we're, we're just totally opposite. We are, and that's why I think we get along so well. But it's like, like I, it fascinates me for your view on this because to me, it is like if you if you want to get lippy, if you want to get mouthy, if you want to like, I am not taking your bull crap. And it's part of why I think I was so miserable in the political world because. It's like it doesn't operate the way it operates out out here, mm-hmm. and I was willing to beat the heck out of anybody, but eventually you just get tired. It's exhausting beating the heck out of people all the time to get what you want. Yeah, I, I, and you know, I can I can see uh, it being exhausting. And when I was in when I was in the Senate, I always felt like we could find a way. I, that somehow, some way, that we could make people uh, happy and feel like they were getting their money's worth in government. That seems exa- it seems exhausting to me though to have to be nice to people who you just think are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 come from different stalks of corn. <laughs> you and I are totally well, different in that we, regard. We tell this story because uh, Ryan Hedrick and I talked about so uh, so much in that Barrett News Media article, which by the way is still up at Robin. It's a very good article. Oh, it's great. He did a great. He did a it's great. It's way job. too good. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was way better than I deserved. But like, and I've told this story many times, when I, in 2016, I had to make a choice. Am I going to go back into radio or am I going to take the next step in politics? Right. And I was going to run for state senate. And that was We had an army of people, probably 200 people ready to go. And they were passionate based on the things we'd done. And I just lost the desire to do it. Because I didn't want to live in the world that you live in where, yeah, okay, you go in there and you're a bull in a china shop and you're, you know, tearing everything down, but you're not winning anything. And then you're just you're just mad all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I gotta actually be nice to people that I don't wanna be nice to. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like a miserable four years. Well, you know, it's interesting. I in I in three decades, my district changed three different times. In the last and and towards the end of the decade that it was just about to change, like in nineteen ninety eight. 2008, 2018, my district had become more and more liberal. And so in 2018, here I am, I've been around for a long time, and and we had added Fishers, but we know Fishers has turned purple. And so I started living in neighborhoods at four o'clock in the afternoon every day. And, and you know, it, it, one door you knock on, it just brings you back where I knock on this fellow's door and he said uh, he knew who I was. He said, come on in for a minute. And he, he gave me his landline phone and, and he said, listen to the voicemail that I that I've saved. It was from me uh, fixing his cable problem. <laughs> and he had saved that. And so these sorts of things, you, it, 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 it does get exhausting, but it, but these little, um, these little, I, these little issues, these little problems that are big to people that maybe you solved, yeah. it just keeps you coming back. And I just hope that, um, the legislature, the Indiana general assembly, uh, 
it, it seems like a, a food fight right now. Yeah, and it, I'd, I'd really like to see the protocols of generosity and, and spirit and, and and taking care of one another, Republican, Democrat, so they get things done. Yeah, the, and the, there's a in the movie Field of Dreams when Ray Liotta plays Shoeless Joe Jackson, he first comes back and he's talking to Kevin Costner in the field when they first meet. And he, there's a line in there, and I, I'm sure I'm going to mess it up, but I'm going to get as close as I can. He talks about not being able to play baseball anymore and he talks about old men waking up to scratch itchy legs and that's where i kind of am with it where it's like there are causes where i'm super interested in it and it's like Mm -hmm. gosh i wish i could be back in it to brawl on this thing Mm -hmm. but then i think about but you do a whole day of brawling and then you gotta go meet with some guy at eight at night about his sidewalk or a stop sign and it's like all of it when you put it all together like here we brawl right like we brawl for three hours and we leave it on the field and we say i'll see you tomorrow Mm -hmm. you don't ever get to do that in politics because after the brawl you got to go be nice to some mom who's screaming at you about a speed bump that she wants in her neighborhood right and that's very important to her yeah but it also is important more important than the brawl over the really big thing i could tell you as if i was an indiana state senator i would be going in next session and i would be demanding a complete uh, overhaul of justice in Marion County. Yeah. And and I still have that desire to do that because I think it needs to happen. I think Democrats think it think uh, think that it needs to happen. And the in the in the Indiana General Assembly with the current superintendent of public uh, of of police, Indiana State Police agrees with this. It it there are tools in state government that you can do this that you're not taking over a county but you're you're having a a uh, a complete understanding of what is happening people are getting out of jail too quick cash bail could be on the way you never know and and we know what that happened in Illinois there are so many issues that are going on right now that you can handle from an Indiana General Assembly members um, bailiwick in their position there's just so much to do and and uh, being mayor of Indianapolis, I would have been right in the middle of it. I still would have been right in the middle of it. And I think it's so important that those that are in a place of power understand little people, pe- yeah. the people that that want that speed bump yeah. or are, are, are a victim of crime or family, part of a family of victims of crime that have been forgotten. Yeah. And they need to remember them. All right, man. This is awesome. Thanks for doing this the last couple of days. This it's is great. A, I love this. Joy. I love this. You are the best. You're a national treasure. The great Jim Merritt. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Thanks as always to Jim Merritt. Thanks to Kevin. Phenomenal job as he does each day. And thank you to you, the listener. Without you, there is no us. Uh, stick around. Tony Katz coming up next. Kendall Casey Show. 93 WIBC.